Join us this week as we discuss our favorite forms of entertainment and guilty pleasures. So it's time to lock the bathroom door, pour a glass of wine, and take a deep breath. Welcome to the 80s Mom Podcast. Good evening. So, are we ready to discuss some of our favorite things? Yes. Raindrops on roses. And whiskers whiskers on kittens. kittens. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So. Sorry, we just watched Sound of Music yesterday, so that song's in my head. (laughs) I haven't seen that movie in forever. I know it's on Disney+, Plus, but it's also stupid long. So I have not I have not watched it. Let's discuss what podcasts we listen to because I am sure that we all listen to a well, maybe not Cecily, but Letty and I listen oh. to probably quite a few podcasts. I'm actually pulling up my podcasts now. I was gonna say, hold on, let me get mine. Okay. No. I will go through mine first because it's it's not as hefty a list as it was at one point because I've cleared out. Because I have some backlog I'm trying to get through on some podcasts I started listening to, and until I get through those, I won't do any more podcasts. So I listen, I have us on my feed to make sure that we upload properly every week. I like to be able to see that, yes, indeed, we do upload every week, or at least almost every week, excluding Christmas and Easter. I listen to Astonishing Legends, which covers stuff like ghosts, hauntings, UFOs, uh, gremlins. Super interesting. Yeah, I I love Scott and Forrest are hilarious and amazing. And I just finished the Christmas episode because guess what? I have not been listening to lately. Podcasts. Um, (laughs) It was good. I love hearing Tess. I also listen to a podcast called Casual Conspiracy, where they do research on podcasts based only on the first page of Google. They are <laughs> hilarious. You have also heard of them, Letty, I think, because he was, Matt was on Jack Spearco's podcast. Yep. I am called their super fan. <laughs> or their meme generator. Uh, although I haven't been doing anything in any of the groups lately. I've been a little busy. I listen to Crime and Sports, which has much more to do with trouble athletes got into than what they did. It's like five minutes on their career and like two hours on stuff they got into. Jake the Snake Roberts was interesting. Um, oh, Jerry Lawler's son was uh, really, really interesting. I listened to a lot of the wrestling stuff. I also listened to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, but that only comes out one, once every six months. So I eagerly anticipate them. It takes him like three years to get through a single series, but they're always well-researched and amazingly done, and he has the best freaking voice ever. I also listen to Hardcore History Addendum, which posts occasionally. It's supposed to be a shorter podcast, but that doesn't tend to be how that works. Dan Carlin doesn't seem to exist in shorter increments, like, ever. I listen... I also listen to Living Free in Tennessee with Nicole Sauce. Nicole the Awesome Sauce Sauce, whose podcast Mm -hmm. I was on uh, shortly after Thanksgiving about our business. It was lovely. It was fun. I wish I'd had longer to talk to her, but I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I would love to talk the ear off of any adult who will sit still long enough. (laughs) Tell me I'm wrong. Am I wrong? (laughs) I listen to Small Town Murder, which is murder that takes place in towns of less than 100,000 people. It might be less than 20,000. I can't remember. I know it's po- I know it's absolutely less than 100. So those are really cool. The Midnight Library, which is done by Astonishing Legends with Miranda Merrick and Mr. Darling. And it's short vignettes about horror-ish stuff. Tales. They did one on uh, Murray Laveau. They did one on Krampus that I just finished today. They're really short. They don't usually go over half an hour. A lot of the podcasts I listen to are super long, like Dan Carlin's are like four hours. And then Midnight Library is like half an hour. You take it in chunks. You eat it like, you you listen to it like you eat an elephant. (laughs) 
I listen one bite, at a time. one bite at a time survival podcast, which is not what you think it is. <laughs> it is a podcast about living a self-sustainable lifestyle. The things and that burst, the things that batter, even if they don't. Yep. I wasn't able to come up with the motto there. I was trying. It took me. Helping you live a better life if times get tougher, even if they don't. You would think I would have known that there offhand. I listened to Time Suck with Dan Cummins, which is a mixed bag of everything. Serial killers are my favorite, but that's also why I listen to Small Town Murder. And I have Welcome to Night Vale on here, but I kind of stopped listening to it again because I never get through the backlog on Welcome to Night Vale. I just kind of get tired of it, and then I delete it. And then I go back two years, turn it back on, and go back to episode one and start all over, and I just never get through it all. Wow. <laughs> it's really good. I'm not saying don't listen to it. I absolutely love I like, it. I like to listen to the weather. Yes. All hail the mighty glow cloud. All but hail. Little, like, <laughs> I think I listened to it for a good four years, and then I was like, I, I can't anymore. It's <laughs> it's a wonderful short story, connected or not connected things. You don't have to start at the beginning. I'm just that kind of person. There's one I'm going to add to this list that I have not started listening to yet that's actually run by a fellow Skadian. It's called Old Gods of Appalachia. And it's a horror anthology. And it's really, really, really good. I have heard, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it. He also runs the Known World Bardic podcast, which I don't listen to. But I have met this guy and he's cool. Right, I met him on Zoom because he does not live locally to me. As a matter of fact, there's a story where um, he met the king and queen of Kalantir, which is my kingdom, at Gulf Wars, which happens in Louisiana, and said, how does it feel to be king and queen of an imaginary kingdom? Because he didn't <laughs> think Kalantir was actually a kingdom. It's just one, it's a weird thing. So that is my list. What do you have on yours? Okay, we do have some duplicates. I Before I go through my list, I have to say I did listen for years and years and years to the Nerdist podcast. I have heard of Nerdist, but I don't... I've listened to things on their network, but not them. Okay, yeah, because I, like I started listening to Nerdist podcast back in like 2010, 2011, somewhere around there, along with Adam Carolla, the Adam Carolla show, and then the Adam and Drew show. And actually, like, just dropped Adam and Drew and then Adam because I have too many other podcasts that are a bit more important to my life right now to listen to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, th those were three big ones for years in my life. But on my podcast feed, I, a lot of them I actually know the podcasters because they're all from the TSP and LFTN communities. I'm saying we so, need a podcast network called the Better Way Network. Hey. like it. <laughs> Yeah. So the first one is a farmish kind of life with Amy Dingman. Um, she's a smart and sassy homesteader out of Minnesota who I absolutely love. And yeah, she just rocks. Um, Amy is amazing. Because Ray got me into that one last year. <laughs> we were over in TSP land on a, the MeWe and we were like, hey, what podcast do people do that isn't a survival podcast? Um. And then I listened to the Daily Rosary Meditations because I like um, last year for um, Lent, I was like, instead of giving something up, I said, I'm going to start saying the rosary every day. So then I found this podcast, which helps me through it every day. And it also includes meditations, which I've never done before. So it's kind of given me a different relationship with God than I had. And I really appreciate it even more now. That is awesome. Um, Jason was doing oh. rosary meditations for a while just as a way to meditate because he's not Catholic anymore, obviously, because we're Norse pagan. But um, he has a rosary because it's just easier to do rosary meditations when one actually has a rosary to do them with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, if I forget to do my, if I forget to grab my rosary, like, it's, especially if I don't get to listen to it before Little Man wakes up, then when I'm downstairs doing breakfast, I just turn this on and it's nice because they're counting. So I just kind of drone along, and then I'm like, oh, okay, we're at the end of that decade. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. The next one is Fitness Confidential with Vinny Tortorich. Vinny is the founder of NSNG, which is No Sugar, No Grains. It's like it's like keto. Um, he actually just had his second documentary, Fat 2, a documentary 
come out and he's got um in the in the, the movies he's got all sorts of experts in medicine and dietary sciences and everything talking about why common science or common diet knowledge is completely wrong and your doctors are actually trying to kill you <laughs> instead of make you better they mean um, well but the science is the teaching is behind yeah. the actual science like i that's why i did all my ro- i did all my own rogam research based yeah. on books that were published because my doctor just gives rogam and doesn't know much about it just like you have this thing. He's O positive, you're O negative, and you need this thing. So I did the research and I went, actually, no, I don't. Yeah. But yeah, as that's always, how it goes. do your own research. Please, God, don't listen to me. I'm just a stay-at-home mom. I just provide resources. <laughs> Please do yeah. your own research. If I remember the name of that book, I'll um, post it on social media, but I don't remember. It was in my midwife's library. Okay. Um, the next one is Home Processing from Pasture to Plate. It's Josh, I can't remember his last name, but he's part of the survival podcast community over on MeWe. And then I have Living Free in Tennessee, because Nicole Sauce is awesome. A Reasonable Doubt with Adam Carolla and Mark Garrigus. So this is a weekly podcast, and the two of them kind of discuss like what's going on in the legal world. And um, some funny stuff in there and it's just interesting to get their takes because adam is like a classical liberal as opposed to what people consider a liberal nowadays um and then garrigus is not so <laughs> they had the times but it's it's amusing uh next up i have the small scale life which is hosted by tom Dobbers, and he's he's actually friends with amy dingman from a farmer's kind of life and his thing is all about he actually just got his podcast back up and running again after like a six-month hiatus. So I'm still going through the backlog to catch up and see what's going on. But um, a lot of homesteading, farm, farming tips and everything in that. Sword and Scale, which he used to really love, and now I'm just kind of like, meh. Because it started out and they went over historical murders and cold cases and stuff, and now everything is really current. So I'm just kind of like, yeah, bring back like the Bell Gunness stories. I want to hear all that stuff because they did Bell Gunness, Lizzie Borden, H.H. H. Holmes. Um, That's like why I dropped Lore because Lore used to have a backbone and then lost it. And you're just like, I'm not interested anymore. You're only talking about <laughs> real people. I came here for Lore, not uh, for actual people. I have a podcast for that. Um, There was another one. It's not myths and legends, but it's run by the same guy where he used to read the original stories. It used to be the thing was he read the original stories and it was really, really interesting to hear the original, but now he doesn't do that anymore. So that was just, I dropped it too. I'm not saying they're bad podcasts. I, they're just not interesting for me. It, every, it, they're not all for everybody. So Sword and Scale, there there is also Sword and Scale Rewind, which... Was Lynette Carolla, and I can't remember the other chick, Stephanie, I think was her name. They started it, and then Lynette left, and one of the lackeys from Adam's podcast joined. Um, And they basically, like, started at episode one of Sword and Scale, and they were just, like, rehashed it. And if there had been any updates on the case, they would give them. But that hadn't updated for, like, six months on my podcast players, even though I knew they were giving me podcasts. So I was just like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Next up, I have the Constructive Liberty podcast. Um, this one is hosted by Ken Ash from the LFTN crew. Um, it's about like li- living life on your like in your own means, and this is a really new podcast. I think he's only got about a dozen or so episodes so far, but really liking it. Really liking the the message behind it. And Ken is an awesome guy, generals. Um, since I've been chatting with him over on Mimi. Then I have the Nick Nick DiPaolo podcast. He is a comedian, conservative comedian, and he tells it like it is, and there's a lot of cursing and stuff, so I like to listen to him because I don't like everything to just be all happy and no cursing, because why? Why why should life just be boring? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, Survival podcast, which you've mentioned, Ray, 
-hmm. except I have the vaccine conversation with Melissa and Dr. Bob Sears. So this one, this podcast is about two years old. Yeah, a little over two years old. Yeah. And talk about, it's not a completely anti-vax podcast, like what most people think. But they talk about the different vaccines. Um, they've talked a lot about COVID and everything, too. And they are all about education. So they, they run the immunity education group. And it's all of like the education that your doctors don't give you when you are told about the Rogam shot, for example, or the <laughs> Hep B shot that they want to give your newborn child right after you. Because, you know, out, even though you're, the first thing they're going to do is... Yeah. Cocaine and first thing you're gonna do is go shoot up with cocaine or heroin and get hookers when they're two hours old. You know. Yeah. What What do I know? Um, Next is wealth, power, and influence with Jason Stapleton. So, I've been listening to Stapleton for years, and it's through him that I actually found out about the Survival Podcast because he had Jack on his old show. His old show was more focused on, um. Libertarianism. So he had the five concepts of liberty. And then he moved to LA several years ago and he started going like more, he switched it to wealth, power, and influence. Um, and he's all about like marketing yourself and using your strengths to, to take, to like start your business and get out there because only you can, like, you're the one who can actually like have something to do with how much wealth you have coming in. Um, Next up is what they aren't telling you. And this is hosted by Melissa um, from the Vaccine Conversation. And she started this podcast at some point last year just because she wanted to talk about harder subjects that aren't necessarily exceed and health freedom related. So she's talked with police officers about some of the stuff that goes on in the background of the police department. Um, lots of COVID related stuff because that's what's all in the news. Some political and then the last one is Your Better Life with Gary Collins. And he's another one who's just like, get your shit together. He works like for the FDA and stuff for 20 plus years. So he knows a lot about the government side of things. And he's like, yeah, this is why they suck. <laughs> I mean, listen to him. I'm like, yeah, Jack is right when he calls the government the department of making you sad. So oh, yeah, they are that. <laughs> We've used that term around here before. We don't talk yeah. about government stuff really around here because since there's nothing we can do, which is why we are discussing a few of our favorite things today, we're going to discuss things we have control over, like podcasts we listen to, at least this week. And my secret to all those podcasts, I listen at one and a half speed because two times the speed is way crazy. And I tried listening to Ben Shapiro and he's nuts like at regular speed. One and a half was even worse. I was like, yeah, I could never listen to you, dude. I listen so, to everybody at one speed. I can't do one and a half because I, one, I have the time. I'm a stay-at-home mom when I want to listen to podcasts. And two, I need time to think in between topics. <laughs> and I apologize for the creaky chair. There's nothing I can do about it. It's a new chair. Freak away. I'm not hearing it. It's going to come across on the audio. Half the time you say that, and you can definitely hear it on the audio. So I'm saying, I'm sorry, the chair is creaky. So we know Cecily doesn't listen to any podcasts, because that's what she told us. Yep. A lot of the stuff that my husband listens to, I keep asking him if he could just slow it down. And then he says that he actually doesn't have it sped up. That's just how fast they talk. <laughs> so... Possible. Yeah. Some people are really fast. Um, anybody I listen to, they're not very fast. No. I mean, I guess Dan Cummins can sometimes get a little quick when he gets excited, but I think he's the only one I'm coming up with who's a really fast talker. Everybody else is like us. They're very normal. Like, Letty would listen to us at one and a half speed, but it's only an hour long or an hour and a half. It's not that long. Yeah, some of my podcasts... They're usually about half hour to 45 minutes, but some of them are closer to two hours. So that one and a half times speed really does help, especially for Astonishing Legends, because sometimes I look, I'm like, oh my God, this episode is four hours. What the hell do you guys want me to do with my life? <laughs> oh my gosh. I listen when I drive, if I'm not listening to music, which I've been doing more of. Hey, nice segue. 
Um, <laughs> which I've been doing more of because I'm learning Kipling pieces that are set to music. So, like, I listen to Leslie Fish, who does a lot of Kipple. And I also listen to Aurelio Voltaire. But other than that, in Disney music, I don't listen to much. Sorry, I'm not a big music person. Disney music. Want to talk about guilty pleasures? Disney princess music. <laughs> oh my god, I am obsessed with Moana. Like, my toddler loves it. And I'm just... Like, uh, whatever, but I've really come to, like, those songs are amazing. I they are the amazing. It is really good music. It's much better than do. Frozen. Frozen was crap. Hashtag yeah, unpopular opinion. Moana, make way, make way. It... I love Moana. So I actually have a funny music story. Uh, I was taking a nap this afternoon because I took a long drive because I needed to get away from my computer because I've actually been doing some songwriting this week, which Letty knows about. Um, And I had to get away from the document. And the only way for me to actually get away from the document was for me to get the hell away from the document um, and leave it at <laughs> home. So I was, ta- I was laying down because we're recording this at like 930 at night and I have a meeting about this song that I'm writing after the podcast with uh, Laurel in the SEA. And so I'm in there and I'm laying down and I'm like half asleep. I didn't get like, I didn't like go fully to sleep, but I was in and out. And Jason was playing music and apparently Rob Zombie came on. And now I have a four-year-old who is absolutely obsessed with Rob Zombie. She thinks he needs a wife, and he she drew a picture of his house. I mean, it's a circle, but she said, Oma Opa house, Rob Zombie house. <laughs> oh, my God. And they were talking about the X on She was talking about the X on his forehead, which apparently he has, because it's been a long time since I've seen a picture of Rob Zombie. And um, she said that he had gotten scratched by a cat, and Jason was explaining to her that it's makeup because he's supposed to be kind of scary looking because he sings and he performs, and that's just kind of what he does. And she wanted to go meet Rob Zombie. I have a four-year-old who wants to meet Rob oh Zombie. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. And Jason said, well, you're too little. You cannot go to Rob Zombie concerts until you turn 18. And I piped up from the bedroom half asleep going... Mommy does not approve of Rob Zombie before 18. <laughs> <laughs> not that I have problems with this music, but I'm just like, yeah, probably not an appropriate concert venue for a four-year-old. Yeah, probably not at four. But because she listens to so much Aurelio Voltaire and what she calls Halloween music, which is Mommy's One Nightmare Before Christmas and some vocal spectrum, because they do like... um the Headless Horseman, and Aurelio Voltaire. That's probably why she was like, ooh, Rob Zombie. Because <laughs> I don't listen to Rob he's, Zombie. He's such a nice zombie. <laughs> she wants to be friends with the zombie. She does. She was like, can he can he come our house? <laughs> and Daddy was like, Honey, I think he's a very, very busy person. So, that is my music story. I don't really have any other music I listen to. It's all SCA music, which can be very, very hard to find. Um, I will toss in my... I'll toss my Spotify playlist of them into the notes. If you hear... If People listening can hear typing in the background. That is me making notes so that you guys have references on Tuesday. Because otherwise, I'm not going to remember all of this. And we're going to make Cecily go next because she got the easy way out of not listening to podcasts. What do you listen to, Cecily? Uh, I listen to entirely too much stuff that I have to skip if I have children with me. You know how heavy metal music calms down sharks? Like, they really like it? Someone figured that out? Yeah, that's that's most of what I listen to. That and pink and random weird stuff. You want to give us a couple of band names so I can toss them in the uh, thing? Um, Make well, you think about it. 
Rob Zombie. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what the name of the one that Allie um, used to listen to that wasn't ICP was. Oh, Cradle of Filth. Do you listen to Cradle of Filth? I don't think so. I don't think I have any of those. They're kind of um, hard to understand anyway. Yeah. When I was first pregnant with Patrick, my hormones made me kind of a combination of Dr. Gregory House and Karen Walker from Will and Grace. <laughs> and I listened exclusively to very loud heavy metal, like that whole pregnancy, because I was just pretty much in a really pissy mood most of my pregnancy. I can't imagine and why. As a, as a consequence, I got a three and four month old who thought that Motley Crue sang lullabies. Which was okay, unless the radio station turned to something by Disturbed, whom I can't stand, or something that, you know, has a lot of language that I just prefer not to have in my head. And then I would switch the station, and then he would scream about it in the back seat. And we would have the argument about appropriate listening choices, and, you know, it like like you would with a teenager who plays their unacceptable music really loud, except that it's the three-month-old who will scream until I go back to it. Yeah, because they're not going to have an intellectual conversation. What of course a- not, but I mean, I could still explain it. Well, we do that all the time, yeah. right? Yeah. That's parenting. <laughs> like, no, this song has very unacceptable language. We are not listening to it. We we had a similar conversation in Bardic last night, except for it was a bunch of adults. So everybody was we the first nine of us were on Zoom. Her Excellency, we could hear her, but she couldn't hear us, and it was kind of like talking to a three month old because we because we could hear her talking to us, kept forgetting that she couldn't hear us. So we're vocally telling her how to fix her speakers when she can't <laughs> hear us. Telling her of course. how to fix the speaker. Of course. So that that's kind of a very similar kind of conversation. You're just throwing yeah. things at a brick wall and stuff is coming back, but there's no conversation. Yeah. What do you listen yeah. to, Letty? Yeah. Oh god, my music playlist is so varied. Like, what's this? Like, listen to Eminem, but then I'll go to Shania Twain. <laughs> um, like, Helen Reddy to um, Christina Aguilera or circa, like, 1999. <laughs> I am a Backstreet Boys fan. Not a big NSYNC fan, so there's that. Um, sometimes I'll even go, like, <laughs> New Kids on the Block circa, like, 1989, because why not? But like my my two mainstays that I always 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 go back to are classical music like Love Wagner and Amazon has this transcendent Wagner playlist that that's one of my favorite things. So when I was doing nano this past year, like I would turn that on and I just write to my like write my brains out. And my other one that I always go back to, especially on Saturday mornings, is my Irish music. Like I grew up listening to all the Irish folk and rebel songs and like when I was pregnant every Saturday morning we'd lay in bed for like half an hour after we'd wake up and I'd put it up the music on on my phone and stick it on my stomach a little makeup listen to it (laughs) and like now that he's like moving and stuff like when I start to play it on a Saturday morning like he'll start to dance and it gets me so excited so I'm like yes I'm passing because with the Irish stuff like that's 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 my history yeah that's the history of my people that I'm teaching my son is through the songs because that's the only way they're able to, to keep it for hundreds of years thanks to the damn English so yeah yeah Zandria started dancing this week she had not been doing that before so that was kind of cool it was on like the most depressed day that I had this week and suddenly I'm listening to music I'm listening to my Friday Bardic playlist and Zandria is behind me dancing I turn around and I see Aww. her dancing and it like 
It made me so freaking happy, which was nice. Because I'm suffering seasonal affective disorder right now. It's a thing, and it sucks. But you just got to make it to March. For some reason, it's worse for me from December to March. Because this is the when it gets the coldest. Like, February is always the coldest month of the year. So, that does make sense. I know for other people, I know for different people, it falls different months. But, like, October, I'm super busy. November, I barely sleep. December is Christmas. And so I don't have time to have seasonal affective disorder until after all of that is over. And then you just have nothing until the flowers come back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to make you go twice in a row, Miss Letty. Tell us about your favorite books. Oh my God. Like, this is like the worst question to ask me because I am such a book whore. Like, we are all book whores. My personal library has well over a thousand books in it. Yep. So. <laughs> all of like, us resemble I... this remark. So this, <laughs> this, this is Bibliophiles Without Enough Bookshelves Anonymous. Hi, my name is Ray. Yeah. Hi, Ray. <laughs> my problem is not enough bookshelves. Yeah, like somebody was like added me as a like contact or whatever on Goodreads and was like you have like a thousand like roughly a thousand books that you've read in your life and I'm like that I can remember. Right. <laughs> like, what you know, I, yeah, like most like the books that I read when I was younger, I don't remember all of them because I didn't track them and now I wish I had. But um like my, my favorite genre for guilty pleasure reading is historical fiction, especially with around Tudor England, so Philip Gregory is one of my favorite authors. I love her so much. Isn't she good? Oh, man. Have you read Wise Women? Because Wise Women is... Or Wise Woman, I'm sorry, is amazing. It's the first book by her I've read, and I've gotten through part of the Tudor stuff, but there's a lot of the Tudor stuff. Coming up with another one. Yep. But, trying to think what my like my all time favorite book to read has always been Harry not Harry Potter, but Peter Pan. I don't think I have ever actually like read it. Peter Pan. I've never gotten through it. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I've also never it's read Charlotte's Red though. To read. Okay, that one's harder to believe. Like the the first book that really pissed me off when I had to like compare it to a movie was Gone with the Wind because. I have like an original hardcover like from when the movie came out and it has like stills of the film in it and I read that and then had to do a comparison on the book to the movie and I was like what the fuck is wrong with these people they left all these big parts out that's how I learned Mm -hmm. to be disappointed by reading the book and then watching the movie that it's based on the only book the book the only book I say the movie was actually better was Bram Stoker's Dracula. Although I have moved closer to the book, I would still say that the movie is better, but the book is written in a very odd style. I have to agree with that. It's easier to follow the movie than it is to follow the book. <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's and the that's only movie. exception to my rule of movies ruin books. And then my, my other favorite author is actually a local author in Northwestern Illinois. Her name is Terry Reed, and she has a series of books that take place in, like, the Freeport, Galena area, which I'm very familiar with because my parents have a house out that way. Um, and it's, like, these supernatural stories about this woman who was, like, she was a Chicago police officer, and she was shot during an arrest, and, like, after that, like, she can see ghosts and everything. And it's just so cool because... They do a lot of like the local history and stuff too, and oh, there's cool. a fort that was really big during the Black Hawk War up here, so you get to learn some of the history of that. So that's me and my books. So my books, um, I have a concentration in my literary degree for Stephen King, obviously for a reason, but I am very much a pre nineteen ninety Stephen King, like the stand so from the ninety. Yeah. Hmm? Oh, before he got the ghostwriter. Or the ghostwriter? I don't know if he has a ghostwriter, but his stuff went downhill after the accident. I, I will tell you that. Um, my favorite ones are, and I'm 
writing out my favorite ones for you because I'll forget which ones I said. I like Cujo. I like the Stand Uncut. I have uh, tried to read the cut version of The Stand, but I'm so used to the other one that it just messes. It's like listening to a song that is done by the same band but has completely different lyrics. And that just makes your, makes my brain explode and I don't like it. Um, Pet Cemetery is a good one for non-Stephen King books. And I could go on about Stephen King all day and I won't because I love you guys and not everybody is into horror. <laughs> I'm also really big on Arthurian books. There's um, the Merlin's Descendant series. I don't know if they are still in print. I mean, they're not old. They're from the 90s. They're not old, but I don't know if they're still in print. They're really good. There's The Lost Years of Merlin by T.A. Barron. There's five books, and those are really good. There is always Mary Stewart in the uh, four Merlin books she did originally. It was a trilogy, and then she did a fourth book, and they are all amazing. I cannot think of the name of the series offhand. I'm sure it actually has a name, but... It's Mary Stewart. You can find it. It starts with Crystal Cave, which I'll actually write down for you. Um, and, of course, as a member of the SCA, I am a big fan of Marion Zimmer Bradley. Because her and Diana Paxton were the founding member members of the SCA. I don't know if you knew that, but they were. And she wrote... Uh, the Mist by uh the Mist of Avalon. Okay, I have read that. Yes. Yes, the person who wrote that is a founding member of the SCA. Oh, okay. And there are a number of books in that series, and most of them are good. Some of them were written written posthumously by Diana Paxton, and it's not that I have a problem with her writing, but when somebody takes over somebody else's project, it's not the same, and and. In that realm, I'm not, like, super fond of it. Because it becomes more Christian-y than it was originally. And I kind of have a problem with that personally. But that's because it was so positively pagan. And now it's, like, super Christian. And those are very different spectrums. When you're covering Arthurian legend. So I have those... So, like, the first books and the last books don't go together. Uh, it's like the... The middle three don't go with the first two and the last two. Ah, okay. Because prequels were the prequels yeah. were written differently. I think I'd have to go to the basement and double check. I don't have those books up here because we have a bookshelf problem. In other words, there's not a room in this house that doesn't have a bookshelf in it, and all of my <laughs> books are downstairs. Ah, uh, I, well, I keep thinking. Of that I like and I like it in really nerd right now because I'm like, oh, you say a word and it reminds me of this book. I'm like, damn it. You can always write a blog post on the 80s mom podcast. I think I I think I will. It's impossible to cover everything. I'm rereading Hunger Games and they are some of my favorite books. <gasps> There's another series, not Hunger Games, it just made me think of it. Okay, I gotta write this down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't write down stuff in your head. I can only write down things that come out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> only as fast as I can keep up with you, which isn't completely fast, but I'm doing a fairly good job. I've only missed one thing so far. So, and Hunger Games just had a prequel come out, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, and it was amazingly good. Because usually you yeah. stop a series for a few years and the prequels are crap. Look at The Cursed Child, for example. Oh, horrible. I've never read it, but I have heard. I'm also, I don't prefer to read plays. My second concentration is in Shakespeare, and I can read plays, but plays are not meant to be read. It's a thing. That's why they're a play and not a novel. Yes. So, I like those. I had another one come into my head, but it has gone away, because I have a lot. Of favorite books. Michael Crichton. Almost anything by Michael Crichton, including his first book, A Case of the Need, is really, really, really good. It was originally written under a pseudonym because he was an active doctor at the time, and it's a book about abortion, and this was back when it was illegal, like in the 50s, because Michael Crichton was writing for a very, very, very long time. 
Wow, yeah. how old is he? He's dead. <laughs> oh, okay. He, he <laughs> never mind. <laughs> he died like thirteen years ago. Um, it it was a sudden tragic death from cancer. But he was in oh. his fifties or sixties. He must have been in his. He must have been in his sixties. I can't remember. It doesn't seem like he was that old, but he was. He was fairly old. The book could have oh, been written. So he wasn't writing in the fifties. Uh, I I do believe that first book was printed in the 50s or the 60s. It was printed while abortion was illegal. I can pull it up if you give me a second, because I can't remember what the publishing date was. And probably a lot of people don't know about that book. I came across it because my favorite thing to do is go to Prairie Archives and look for Michael Crichton books right. I don't have, and Stephen King books I don't have. But it's really hard for me to find anything I don't have, because I did that for a number of years. Okay. Uh, Case of Need was published in 69. So it's a, it's not as old as I thought it was, but it is an older book. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's very, very, very interesting. I recommend it. Unless you find abortion to be a super touchy subject, in which case you may not want to read that one. But he has a lot of really good sci-fi. I really love pseudoscience with my sci-fi. Like like Jurassic Park. I love Jurassic Park. I love Yay. Lost World. I reread them recently. They're not sitting up here. Usually the books that I had in the bathroom are still sitting up here, but those are apparently I moved back downstairs. Because it takes me like a year to get them from upstairs to downstairs, even though it only takes me three months to read them. Because I'm a pretty fast reader. What do you read, Cecily? I'm a big fan of Ray Bradbury and Ooh, I love him. like Edgar Rice Burroughs, like that era of the the Victorian Edwardian pseudoscience kind of stuff. Um. Most of my shelves at the moment have books from my master's degree, so it's books on, like, pocket watches through the years and history of jewelry. <laughs> what is your That's master's degree in? Uh, public history. Mm. Museum dope? studies. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I was yep. like that those are those are very, very strange things to have a master's in. Well, my if I had my way, I would have like an entire shelf of um mortuary magazines because that's what I used to read at the funeral museum. Yeah. A lot. Of course that's coming from the person if I had a master's or a doctorate in literature, it would be in Stephen King literature, because I have a ongoing thesis about um, Jungian arch archetypes in the novel It. Oh, cool. That I'm working on on and off as... Because I am a nerd, and these are the things that I do. Is reread yep. books to look at depth. Like, I found a drug addiction underlying theme in Pet Cemetery. I think, that I want to go back and expand on it hit me last time i was listening to the michael c hall reading and he it's a beautiful beautiful reading oh i've muted that channel i apologize you guys that was letty typing um <laughs> i, I should have so, muted yeah, the I channel love, i like fantasy and sci-fi i I've read, like, the first six books, I think, of the Chronicles of Gore. Mm, I've never heard of those. Um, I've read several Conan the Barbarian. Jason has read um, those. He loves those. When oh! I was 13, I had Chicken Pox, and my bedroom was also the book room. So I read lots of stuff that my dad probably didn't realize I was going to be interested in. Like, all three volumes of Bad Men and Blood Letters, which is about crimes from, like, the 1800s through 1900s. Oh, that's I love cool. true crime stuff. I think we all love true crime stuff. Yeah. Letty doesn't have quite as much of it on her podcast list as I did. I don't have as much as I used to, but I really love true crime stuff. I like the older stuff, though. The newer stuff, I enjoy, but it 
doesn't work for me for thinking of novel ideas as well. Because I, the latest time period I write in, unless I'm not writing in the actual world, is Victorian. I'm very much a Victorian horror writer. I'm not a, you know, modern, because I don't care. It's too complicated. Technology makes it too complicated. I just, I can't. I need it to be simpler, says the person who spent six hours finding a train line that went to a place that still had doctor's apprenticeships in the 1870s. Uh, I don't remember that. That I found one. I found one. (laughs) I would have changed it if I had to, but it did not have to. I was able to pinpoint one, and hopefully I still have the notes somewhere. I'm sure I do, because it took six hours. I spent one time... I spent like three hours one time trying to figure out how fast a horse and carriage go. Which isn't the easiest information to come across. It's not hard, but it's not easy. Um, A writer you reminded me of when you said Conan the Barbarian. I absolutely love Terry Pratchett. I've been told that I need to read him. I haven't gotten around to it. There's a lot of audiobooks um, for Terry Pratchett, and he is hilarious. It's really good. I don't read a lot of comedy, but I really, really like Terry Pratchett. I've never made it through all of them, but there are a lot of them. And I wanted to spit that one out because I'm bad about blog posts, as everybody who listens to this podcast already knows. I don't have a single one up, and we've been going for three months. (laughs) Hi, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have, like, 50 million things. Ray, some weeks that takes me until, like, Monday morning at nine o'clock to write that week's blog post that I usually have posted by like 4 a.m. on a Monday because I have to get them done in advance and schedule them. <laughs> so yeah, it's all good. I do really good. I get a podcast out almost every week except for Christmas and Easter. Yeah. I'm and just preemptively saying that it's going to be Easter. Although Easter for Letty is going to fall different than Easter for Cecily so this is going to be very interesting. I'll figure Ooh. it out. That's... I mean, we we don't sleep much during Holy Week anyway. <laughs> this is true. That's because sleep doesn't happen. That's because Cecily is Greek Orthodox, and they you are you on a lunar calendar? Is that right? Um, what we're on for Easter is the Julian calendar. That's right. It's the Julian calendar. You I was like, I know it's Julian not. Calendar. You don't know what the Julian calendar is? Is that what you said? No, I was saying we use the lunar calendar for Easter. Mm. I was yeah, going to the say. the first Sunday after the first full moon, after the vernal equinox. And to yeah. that, we add after Passover. The trouble is, our calendar for Passover is still on the Julian calendar. That's why sometimes both of our Easter's are after Passover, and they're still not the same week. Hey, but you guys get all the Easter stuff, like, half off, so congratulations. Usually, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. So, movies, I guess I will start. One, two of my favorite movies are Shakespearean movies. One is Kenneth Branagh's um, Eternity version of Hamlet. It is called that because it seems to last a bloody fucking eternity. Pardon my French. (laughs) Um, it's, It's a really good one, and I... I'm going to argue that it needs to be paired with Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. And if you haven't seen it, it is currently on Netflix Prime for free. Huh. Or if you're one of my podcast hosts and you haven't seen it, talk to me and I'll send you a copy. (laughs) (laughs) I think I still have a DVD burner. Because I have a copy. Because of course I do. Um, other movies. I love Babes in Toyland, as Letty can tell you, because I sent her that for Thanksgiving. She's awesome. It was on the wish list, and I'm like, oh no, that's not sitting on your wish list. Send. But you sent me Jingle Bells. Good classic movies, so there we go. I... I really love really good, obscure Disney movies. I've done songs from that in Bardic, and nobody knows what it's from. Or most people don't know what it's from, and I find that hilarious. Because it was very much a Thanksgiving thing in my house growing up. So the thought that other people don't know what it is kind of blows my mind. It was my rainy day. Yeah. 
trying to think what else. I really like horror movies that are very, very inappropriate. I'm very fond of Saw. Nope. I'd like the exact opposite in horror movies. Well, there, I do not like splatter gore, so this is the interesting thing. I do not like splatter gore films. I like psychological thrillers, which after you get through seeing Saw once and you watch it again, you can see the psychological thing going through the series. But you have to get past the splatter gore first, so I'm not really interested in the splatter gore. It's not my thing. That's why I don't like movies like The Collector or Human Centipede, because those are just oh, gross. Uh for grossness sake, I saw the first two human centipedes and kind of wish I could scrub them out of my brain. Yeah, I can't imagine being motivated horrible. to actually watch that. That's just like... It's kind of like watching a car wreck. You don't want to and you can't get... You can't pull yourself away from it. I can imagine very easily pulling myself away from it. Says the person who wants mortuary magazines. Well, yeah, because those are cool. Those are science. Yeah, well, that's true. I would say they're guilty pleasures, but I did not actually enjoy them, and I have never watched them again. <laughs> I am a big fan of Alfred Hitchcock. Mostly his uh, 50s, 60s, 70s stuff. I mean, he was making movies for an extremely long time. He started, like, in the 30s. Actually, he probably didn't start in the 30s. He, when he started, everything was in black and white still. So, I could actually look that up because I sound like an idiot. Um, so, I really love Hitchcock. I like Rear Window. I love the birds. I grew up on the birds. It never scared me. I just always thought it was just an awesome movie. So, he was born in 1899, so it's quite possible he was doing movies in the uh, 80s. In the 30s, rather. Early sound films. His 10th film was in 1929. Dang. So I was not incorrect. It was super, super, super early. I don't see the listing for the first one, but I am scanning this quickly. And it's not like that I don't see like a list on the Wikipedia that just gives me a list of the movies he did. There were, God, there were so many movies he did. He did way too many. 1923 was a short, and that was his first movie called Always Tell Your Wife. <laughs> oh. And it was a silent film. Oh, that wasn't I even his no first movie. That early. That's not even his first movie. These are not in chronological order. Really? His first, no, that was his first movie. I'm sorry. They are in chronological order. I just can't read. Um, I will stick that in here so you guys can look at his filmography in the show notes, because I think everybody should watch Alfred Hitchcock. I miss when they were free to stream on Netflix, but Netflix sucks, and I don't have Netflix anymore because Netflix sucks. Anybody who's going to put, you know, ooh, the movie is going away, you better watch it before it goes away, even though we could keep it on here. Yeah, no thank you. Kind of like Disney in the vault. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm waiting for them to come up with a vault thing for Disney Plus, at which point I will probably drop Disney Plus. I don't care how much Jason likes Star Wars. There's a reason I'm trying to get all the good, all my favorite ones on DVD. Yeah, we're just getting everything on DVD that we can. We have most of our favorites on DVD. We have so, we have almost as many DVDs as we do books, but a lot of them are in binders. We toss the cases, keep binders. Smart. Space saving for people who live in small houses. Yeah. If I could do that with books, I would. And I do to some extent because I have a lot of books on my Kindle. But they can also pull books off of Kindle whenever they want to. If they yeah, so I desire. Like I don't like that either. That's why I have multiple copies. Book. Yeah. If I pay 20 bucks for a book on my Kindle, I sure well want to be able to access it whenever I feel like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got refunded Definitely. at one point because they took 1984 off of it at one point. I got that money, too. Yeah. Although I'm actually getting a new print copy of 1984 on Monday, along with Fahrenheit 451. I have both Animal of those. Four. My Fahrenheit... World. Oh, yeah. yeah, we have that, too. My uh, Fahrenheit 451 is very interesting because whoever owned it before me was... I think they were going through a college class on Fahrenheit 451 because there's marginalia. 
in the book, and it's really, really interesting marginalia about the book. So it's like themes and things that somebody penned in. I probably got the book for like a cent plus three dollars shipping because I like getting books that way. That's why that's part of the reason I was a literature major. Because let me tell you, textbooks are way cheaper when they only cost you a penny in shipping. <laughs> oh yeah. My copy, my fully annotated copy of the Riverside Shakespeare, cost me a hundred and forty bucks, but I bought that book brand new for a reason. Because concentration Shakespeare, brand new Shakespeare book. The copy my professor had, he had been using for so long, it really didn't have binding anymore. It was kind of just kept in the binding, and when you opened it, the spine was all broke. Which is impressive on a hardback book when, you can, when you've used a book for so long that you broke the spine all over in a hardback book. Like, a 10-pound mm-hmm. hardback book. This thing is great for killing spiders. I'm not kidding. Wow. I have used it for that. It is a huge, huge book. Um, because it's fully annotated and it's all of Shakespeare's folios. So it is a very good resource to have if wow. one is interested. I'll go ahead and stick it under books if anybody's interested. But it's a really expensive book. And you probably don't want it if you don't actually need it. Um, but it's, it's great. So, I think I have given you my favorite movies. Because, like, I like Harry Potter movies, but I only like the, like, the first two. And then they kind of crap. Not my thing. And I love a lot of Disney movies, and we'll be here all day if I start listing Disney movies. So we'll just say, Disney? What do you got, Cecily? What are your favorite movies? Oh, let's see. Disney's or obscure TV series? Gotta give me names so I can write I them mean, down. I not, mean, not Disney's. Um, <laughs> movies. Sorry, movies. completely okay. wrong word. Okay. I like horror, but like, uh, I liked The Blair Witch Project. I like movies that can make it scary without showing you kind of like um kind of like lovecraft's writing oh lovecraft there's a favorite author oh yeah um, i don't actually like lovecraft as an author but i've just not gotten through enough of his stuff to be able to like his his prose is hard to get through there's a couple of really good lovecraft yeah. movies i like they both have Sam Neill in them, but I'll be blown if I can remember the name of either of them right now. I'm a fan of Sam Neill as an actor. I love Sam Neill as an actor. I can't imagine Lovecraft being a good movie. Just oh, because they're good. To me, to me, the the thing that makes it good is that he's so good at making you feel something being scary without without you seeing it. I mean, it's a book. And well, and these books are... A room. Yeah. I mean, he can describe a room in a way that makes it just incredibly wrong. Like, the geometry is not right, and it's darker than it should be for the number of windows, that kind of thing. Yeah, the, and, that's what makes these movies good, is yeah. they were able to do that. Okay. But I can't think. I I made a note so that I'll look them up later. I the fun. We, I actually have a funny story about that. Um, a year ago for my birthday, we got Ty and watched these, and we watched these two Lovecraft movies. And it was at, it was on the exact same day that my sister in law and her husband used her parents' um Discover card to rent the exact same movie from Amazon Prime. <laughs> so they thought we had used their Discover to rent the movie, and I'm like, uh, n- no, we watched it for free on Roku uh, with ads. <laughs> so that wasn't us, and it was just this really, really weird coincidence of the universe that we both were watching the same movie on the same day. Only they paid for theirs. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun thing. I just can't think of the name of them. What else do you like? And I'm going to send you a MatPat video on Blair Witch I think you'll really like. Okay. Um, let's see now. Ah, my brain is not working. 
That's the wine. Okay. Yeah. That's why um, we like wine. Shall we come back two, to... Oh, go ahead. My two favorite movies... Oh, no. My my brain never works. <laughs> I've not had nearly enough wine for it, for it to affect my brain. This is just my brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> trust me. Um, the Hunt for Red October and The Blues Brothers are the two movies yes. that I would watch forever. Oh, a mission from God. Yes. I'm going to add to that because Blues Brothers brought it to mind, Beetlejuice. I don't think Ooh. I've ever seen the entire thing. I love that movie. And I didn't really get it. It's Tim Burton. We joke with Ray about Beetlejuice over on MeWe. You have, you have to tag me three times before I'll actually, like, incidentally look at my MeWe. Because every time they mention me <laughs> three times, at some point, like, up. yeah, I just... And it's just, it's coincidental that if you tag me three times, I will show up. So it's a joke. And the other day, um, so your bloody Yeah. Well, I'll add like Beetlejuice GIF. Yep. Ray, Ray, Ray. I don't even get notifications for MeWe, which is what makes it even more funny. That is funny. I just come across them randomly. I just come across it randomly. It's like, oh, yes, you were looking for me. You you have su- <laughs> you have summoned me. Around Christmas, they summoned me twice, and I said, because it's Christmas, I will bypass the Beetlejuice rule. What did you need? <laughs> because that just happened to be when I looked at my MeWe and saw it did tech. Because I don't wait for them to do it three times. That's just how that happens. It's just a weird freaking thing. But yes, and I love the movie Beetlejuice, so it works really well. And it's a Tim Burton movie. It's not, there's, I mean, there's things to get, but you don't have to get it. So, what other movies do you like, Cecily? Um, I like supernatural stuff. Like, paranormal stuff. And I also like Shakespeare movies. But, like, eh, basically my two main favorites are Patrick Stewart's Macbeth and oh, Kenneth name. Branagh's Henry V. Yep, I and was about to write that in. After I, either of those, I I mean, the others are, are, are just like, okay. I really like so, Derek Jacobi's Hamlet. Those are my two. Derek Jacobi's Hamlet is really good. That. It also has Patrick Stewart in it. And in Macbeth, and in, I think in Macbeth, I'm not sure if I've actually seen it, but um, in in Derek Jacoby's Hamlet, Patrick Stewart has hair. He has eighties fro, and is the weirdest freaking thing you have ever oh, seen. That wow, that just sounds so weird. I grew up with Patrick Stewart with um alopecia, so it was really weird to see him with hair. Yeah, or partial alopecia, which is just baldness i think in this case but that's what they call it what do you got letty what are your favorite movies singing in the rain love 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 singing in the rain i'm a big fan of gone with the wind even after what you said earlier we, we mentioned bays in toyland mm-hmm. that's always I, oh i love it Let's see what else like current movies deadpool i mean my husband and i are obsessed with deadpool <laughs> <laughs> Like, we were joking because Little Man was due the day after the second Deadpool movie came out. We were like, well, if it's a boy, maybe we'll name him Wade Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> and some people got the joke and some didn't. They're like, that's not a good name. And we were like, oh my god, like, just, just, just stop. <laughs> I've only seen about half an hour of Deadpool ever because Jason had it on at the Archon we had Xandria at when she was like nine months old. Seven months old, something like that. Um. So I've never seen it all the way through. I'm aware of it, and I'm aware of memes, but I've only seen the end. I've never seen the beginning. Oh my god, like, I I, I quote that movie all the time. All the time. <laughs> I'm one of those people that makes uh, you want to rip your hair out, because I just don't know. Movies that get quoted, and it like, just goes right over my head, so I'm like, whatever, now, like, no, it's not me. <laughs> um... <laughs> I am a big fan of the Viewers universe, so like 
mall rats, clerks, yeah. AC Navy, Dogma, all of those ones. Those those got me through college. <laughs> right. And then like my like to round out my top two, Darby my like the last on my top would be Darby O'Dell, the little people, and a quiet man. I love, 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 love quiet man. I think I've seen the little people. Sorry if I'm and really quiet. My my is too tall, so I'm. I remember seeing a quiet man in college. That was good. It, it it's it's required watching in my in my house. But um, but yeah, Darby and the Little People, very young Sean Connery, and it's another Disney film. So that when I realized wow. that it was Sean Connery, I was like, "Mommy." Why is James Bond in Darby O'Gill? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben. <laughs> oh, God. You guys. All right. So we are going to wrap up because I have a meeting I have to go to. And so what are our closing thoughts? And I'm going to have you send me your uh, film list because while you were giving it to me, my mic decided to fall. And my brain has about a 30 second retention right now. So the only thing I got was Darby O'Gill. I will send you more bands. Okay. We will, we will make a blog post with a shitload of links. So Cecily, give me your closing thoughts. Um, it is fun to get really weird looks because of what I look like versus what I'm listening to. What about you, Letty? What are your closing thoughts tonight? Just let your freak flag fly and listen to, read, watch, whatever the hell you want. If it makes you happy, go ahead and watch it. And mine is don't apologize for being a nerd because assholes don't apologize for being assholes. (laughs) So quoteth the great John Barrowman at a Comic-Con. And, John Barrowman. Yeah, me too. Doctor, we didn't talk about TV shows, but yeah, Doctor Who no. is a thing. So, with Torchwood. that... Torchwood. I've only seen, like, the first season. I know. But they took it <laughs> off Netflix. What do you do? Alright, so with that, we are the 80s Mom Podcast. We can be found all over the web. MeWe, Odyssey, Parlor, and YouTube. At 80SMomPodcast, our website is 80SMomPodcast.com, and our email is show at 80SMomPodcast.com. Send us what your favorite stuff is. I always like finding new stuff, and as you heard, my suggestions gave Letty some stuff to listen to. And with that, have a great week, and remember, you can do this. Times may suck, but entertainment doesn't. (laughs) 